Okay, let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you. Like Kathy said, Lord, words are not enough. And when they're not enough, Lord, listen to our hearts. And our hearts are tuned to you, Lord, this day. And Lord, we need you and we are desperately crying out to you. Knowing that you're with us, but dear Lord, there's something about when you come and you show yourself mighty and strong in and through uh, circumstances. In the times of jubilance, in the times of quietness. The times, Lord, when it seems like nothing's happening, you're here with us. And so thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. Thank you for what you're doing in all the body of Christ. And so, Lord, we ask you today to come and move Holy Spirit of God. And touch us. Move in these areas where residents we have an opportunity to be a part of. Touch every life, Lord. Encourage us. We need encouragement. You're the God of all encouragement. And Lord, we ask you a mighty move of your spirit would take place. And Lord, <clears throat> actually you would anoint the people that are attending these studies. To reach out to the rest of the residents there in these facilities. To touch them and to bless their lives. Use them for your glory and your honor. That's why we're here. To share the good news. Father we pray and ask in these services. We're uh, obviously approaching on Tuesday. I ask you to speak to those people. Be a large group of people that will celebrate Chuck's life. I ask you to, to bless them. And to uh, move in that family. Who have served you all their lives. And I ask you to, Lord, touch them, speak to us. We ask you, Lord, next Saturday that you would, Lord, touch every person coming to celebrate Jeanette's life. We pray that the King Jesus would be exalted. That, Lord, everything would point to you. And, Lord, you would be high and lifted up because you're worthy of our praise and our worship. Thank you, Lord, again. Speak through me. Help in that, Lord, as you speak through me, we just pray you speak to every heart. And how important this is. As we hear the word of God. As we act upon the word of God. It's in Jesus name we pray. Amen. 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 Okay. We're going to talk about. Something's been on my heart for a long time. But as recently in the last few months. I've been praying for every, every day. And I want to share with you today. And I just pray God would speak to you because. The reality is, is that, you know, it's God speaking and I'm going to share. And uh, I try to communicate, obviously, the best I know in that way and under the inspiration of God's power. But I want God to speak to you today. OK, so we're going to read from John chapter four. Verses 23 and 24. And the, the title of the message is, are you hungry? You hungry? You say, yeah, Jim. I'm going to try to go to Luby's after the service here. Are we going to eat down here in the, in the, hall, in the fellowship hall? Yes. And by the way, all of you are welcome. We always have plenty of food. I want everybody to stay. I love fellowship. So yeah, I'm hungry, Lord, waiting on you. And Jim, maybe you're saying, don't make it too long now, okay? But we're going to share, aren't we? So if you'd like to stand during the reading of his word, that's fine. Or position yourself or just speak out loud to me as the Lord gives you utterance. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. John chapter 4. Okay. Y'all know when I was called into ministry 35, 40 years ago. My one desire is every person knows Jesus Christ. Everybody would walk with, with Jesus in a vibrant, life-giving way. Okay, That's my desire. Okay, That's always been my desire. And so I stand here before you today saying, is my desire is that you know Jesus Christ. As your Lord and Savior. And really, as your all in all. And, and knowing that he's the one we need and he's the one we want. And so my desire today when we share messages is that you come into that intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And we know that obviously if you're here and you've said yes to Jesus by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone, 
you're saved. The Word of God is very, very clear about that. But that's just the beginning of the journey, isn't it? When you accept Him, and you believe, and, and it's like the light bulb goes off, so to speak, and you're like, wow, I know that I've been set free because of Jesus. I know that my sins are forgiven because of Jesus. I know that I'm going to heaven when I take my last breath because of Jesus. You know that. But it's a journey that we're on when we start from that particular aspect. And I want to share with you some things today that I believe are important. And I believe that God will speak to each one where you are and you walk with the Lord. And I pray that it will be encouraging. The first time, and a lot of times in Christianity, a lot of churches obviously will teach doctrine or teaching, which that's what we need to do. We need to grow. Nancy had a wonderful lesson in Sunday school over here on the books of the Bible. And, and I mean, some real good discussion and presentation. And we're learning and growing. So that's the beginning. But there's not just the intellectual aspect, but it's the experiential part of the gospel experiencing Jesus. And I was kind of subconsciously or maybe indirectly taught that, well, you don't want to talk about experience because you don't want to uh, obviously get too emotional about this thing of Christianity, right? But in reality is, is that we know that that's not really a, uh, something that we have to worry about. And yet many times it keeps us from really just giving our lives to the Lord because we don't know, we're like, Lord, what will you do if I really surrender my life to you? What is it that you'll do with me? Because a lot of people think, well, you know, maybe he'll send us to the darkest parts of Africa or something, you know, and, and you know, without food, water or whatever. We have different things that conjure up. That's not who God is at all. And yet when we do that, we sometimes hold back in what God wants to do in our lives. And yet as time went along, I've had some obviously encounters with the Lord. It changed my life. In fact, the reason I went into ministry uh, actually started about 1985, 1986. Actually, it was because there was an encounter that I had with the Lord that I've shared many, many times there in my living room in Pearland. Okay. The first time I encountered the Lord, I can remember this. I was about 25 years old. Now, I didn't walk with the Lord. I was obviously raised in the church and, and I knew right from wrong and so forth but didn't always do right. Kind of went my own way. Kind of wanted to see if the grass was green on the other side of the fence, and I found out it wasn't. But that's what happened. But I was in church one day, and I was probably about 25 years old. And, and God was moving in the church. In fact, they had to put chairs in the aisle and all, and a lot of people were coming in. And you could say that it was revival. People were, God was moving in the community. And I remember I was standing beside Cindy in uh, the aisle, and I remember there as, as I was standing, we were singing and whatever, and I felt a presence that just kind of sort of knocked me back as it went through and moved through the aisle. Well, even at that time, not understanding a lot about God's spirit, how he works, understood that that was God. It was like heaven coming down and touching earth, if you could look at it like that. And it moved me back. It actually forced me back. And I didn't fall or push back in the seat, but... It moved me. There was a force that moved that. That was the first time probably I encountered the presence of the Lord. And since that time, I've had different experiences with the Lord, have encountered the Lord. But every time that I've experienced the Lord, encountered the Lord, my life has been changed. And I felt that actually something happened within me that, that actually uh, I moved forward, if you could look at it like that, in my Christian walk. Because we know in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says that we are changed from glory to glory. You encounter God's glory. You're changed. When you came to Christ, you were changed. You realized that you were a sinner and that you're in need of salvation. And you realized Jesus was right there at the time. You realized you were burdened down with shame and guilt. And here was Jesus right there. And by grace, you reached and said, Jesus, come into my life and save me. Be my Lord and Savior. And so at various times, we have different encounters, don't we? I don't think really, as I look at who God is, I don't think there's any limit to our God. How do you believe that? I don't believe there's any limit to our God. The Bible says that all things are possible with God. I believe God is much bigger than what we even realize today. Okay? Okay? If He spoke and creation came into being, 
he put things here and all the things that we know happen, the word of God says, then he's a big God. And he wants to do something in his life. And why did he choose you and me? It wasn't anything that's worthy in myself, by myself, obviously. Uh, nothing beautiful in me, so to speak, in that way. But yet God chose you and me. He chose all who will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so he's saying here, you're real special to me. You know that? You're real special to me. And I want to show myself to you in a real personal way. You may have encountered the Lord in different ways. I remember one day in hospice when I was visiting with, with uh, people and, and a young man came by and, and he said, uh, Jim, I want to tell you, it's my, uh, I think it was his mother who was on hospice. But he said, I haven't always walked with the Lord. But he said, my life has changed. And I said, what changed your life? And he said, I remember as a, as a little boy walking past my grandmother's bedroom and my grandmother being down on her knees crying out to Jesus for us grandchildren. He said, I'll never forget it. And this was a grown man. And he remembered it. And as a result of that, recalling that, he came back to the Lord and gave his life to Jesus. And so he encountered the Lord in one way or another. Something happened supernatural in his life that he recalled that. And God said, you're mine and I am yours. And he drew him back to himself. And so we sometimes, don't you, you maybe just tasted and seen that God is good. Amen. Somehow it's like heaven touches earth in a, in a powerful way. We know that the omnipresence of God means theologically that God is everywhere with us. He's not the trees out here, of course, but he's here now. One thing that, you know, I always pray that the Holy Spirit would come and take full control of this meeting. I want him to come. It's his work. And so I always invite, but he is here with us always. But something happens when you really hunger and you desire him above all else. And that's what I want to talk about. And this message today will be the beginning of a series of messages of something God has called on my heart that I want to share with you. Because what did I just say to begin with? I want everybody to be saved. I want the whole world to be saved. But I also want everybody to grow in Christ. I want everybody to encounter the Lord. And worship is an encounter with God. Now, singing is not necessarily that. Singing is basically a tool that we can worship. But singing by itself is not necessarily worship. But singing can bring us to that place to encounter the Lord. And when we encounter the Lord, you're never the same. I'm never the same. And I want to tell you, there's Scripture all throughout Scripture talking about people that God obviously uh, spoke through in powerful ways that encountered the Lord. So, if you encounter the Lord in a way, personally like that, how did it affect you? How did it affect you? Anybody just... How did it affect... When you, when you came to Jesus, was there something down in your spirit that just thrilled your soul? You realized you were forgiven? There's something... It was like you made an about face. You were going this way. And you turn and repented and you went this way. If something happened down deep that you knew that something supernatural had happened in your life. And I just, if that's what I'm going to talk about here. And as I talk about this, I'm not telling anyone in here how to worship. But I'm, again, encouraging you to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth, just as according to the word. And that's personal and how you worship. Some people worship quietly. I do in the morning. I get up. And at times when God has touched me has been the times I've just been really just still before him. And I've mentioned that before. And I, I've, I've shared with him. I've sang and, and, and shared. Sometimes I'm touched like that. Sometimes I'm, I'm touched here. Obviously, praising, just praising the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And joy comes forth sometimes in that. And so it may be in your car, you're riding down the road, and all of a sudden you just feel like somebody else has gotten in that car with you. I mean, anybody ever experienced that before? I had an encounter one time riding down the road, and I just knew. And I knew the sense of the presence of the Holy Spirit of God was like there in that car. And that was one of the times that I began to recognize who He was. 
They, he's the third person of the Trinity. He's God. But Jesus said, remember, it's expedient that I go back to be with the Father after he was resurrected. Because then the Father can send the Holy Spirit who will be in you and be with you. And so the Spirit of God is in our lives. If you are saved here today, you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling within you. The same Spirit, I've always said, that raised Christ from the dead lives within us today. We have that power in our lives. And so we experience Him in different ways in different times. So, as a young Christian, again, I was taught, you know, and never taught, really, about worshiping with your total being. Just worshiping with all of you. In other words, just giving your life, just giving your, your heart to the Lord. Don't worry about what anybody thinks. It's between me and the Lord. I don't try to be showy, and I don't try to do it to try to gain someone else's attention. I want to do it to please God. I want to do it because I am wholly His, and I want Him to come and touch me and, and just hold me in His arms of love. And that's who, what I believe God wants to do in each of our lives. You know, many times in churches we sing about God, but in many of the songs that Kathy picks here, it's singing to God. Have you seen the difference there? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. And you sing to Him. There's something about singing to Him. Nothing wrong about singing about Him. And the theological truths. But what about singing to him? Singing uh, words to him, whatever it may be. You know, many of the songs that we do sing come from the Psalms. And they're songs, obviously, Psalms. P-S-A-L-M-S. But also they're S-O-N-G-S. They're songs. They're singing to the Lord. And so we express that in different ways. But I realize that obviously the freer emotional or so-called weird people that obviously that I was always warned about, I realized that, you know, that was personal between them and the Father. But the truth of the matter was is that actually I wanted God. And to look at somebody else and, and look at how they do this and that and then say, well, I'm not doing this and that and so forth is not where it's at. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's personal between you and me. But I want to be hungry for God. I remember as we were raised, I was teaching Sunday school in a church over in Pearland. And I remember that it was a traditional Baptist church. And we would sing many times the songs and so forth. And it just happened to be that, you know, I like singing to God and so forth. And so I would go to a church in Alvin on Sunday night. And go down there because they had the praise and worship songs way back then. And worshiping the Lord and all. And I'd go down there, you know, on Sunday night. and get a, that taste. I'm going, i got to be filled up here with this and so forth. And it's a personal preference. But the, really, the, the crux of the matter is, are we encountering the Lord? When we come to worship, are we just going through the motions of worship? Because this is what we've always done. Are we really connecting with God? Is our hearts there, obviously. We, he, as He reveals His heart to us, are we receiving His heart? And we encounter Him. That is the whole question about what I'm talking about today. You know, I was ruined by what I tasted in some of those services like that. It just ruined me. Changed my life. And I, obviously, I wanted to experience God more and more personally. And obviously, uh, and not just go through the emotions. I want to encounter with the living God. I want to know God. And I've always mentioned that. And you go, what's that look like? You know, it look, maybe look different for each person here. And you can't say that obviously, hey, it's like this and that. But if you want to know God, and that's the cry of your heart this day, I believe that'll be a, that's a prayer that God will answer. You want to know Him. You want to know him. Paul, he cried out to know God, right? He said everything else was really worthless. Except, obviously, in comparison with the surpassing knowledge of Jesus Christ. Paul knew where life really was today. But what happens today is that uh, I believe we get off course as a result of that. When I was called to plant a church back in 1986, uh, I wanted people to know God. We had about 120 people come to the first service. 
And they were people, mostly were unchurched people. And my desire was that they would know God, Jesus Christ. They would come to know him. And again, remember, my whole thing in this motive is I want everybody to know Jesus. I want everybody to know that Jesus is real. He's alive and he's alive forevermore. And the resurrection proved it. And we celebrated, obviously, resurrection. And so I want you to know this is where I'm coming from as I talk about these series of messages here. I may not, obviously, some of the other people who are more mature may not, obviously, uh, dance in the aisles. But I'm not against it. You know, I can't dance, you know, my way out of a wet paper bag, right? Okay. But I'm not against anybody who does. And, you know, you're, you when enjoy the Lord and, and you begin to move. I'm not against that at all in that. You know, it, people sometimes just sing and, and, and sing from their hearts. I'm not against that at all. I want God, people to feel free to express the way they do. If you want to sit quietly in your pew and, and worship, if you want to get up and praise God, shout to the Lord all the earth and get up and shout to the Lord, praise Him. And I just believe that freedom needs to be in a church, in our lives. And it may not just happen here because we're only here for about an hour and a half. But it may be out there when you're in your car. I've had people look at me and I'd be singing to KSBJ or whatever in my car. And I look over and somebody's looking at me like uh, that man over there in that car is weird. And I look back and, you know, but but it's between you and God. But the question is, do you want him? And the question is, have you sort of said, well, I've had enough. Stop, God. That's not who he is. And I don't believe anybody in this place today is making that statement, not even from their heart. I believe all of you in here today are saying, I want you more of you, God. I want you. That's why I'm here. I've come to meet with you. I'm come to, to encounter you. And again, when you're going to encounter the Lord, you can change. Things are going to change. Because he wants to change our hearts. So, we're ready to go? We're ready to go on this journey? Next few weeks, I want you to pray about it. Pray for me. That I can articulate the word of God in the way God would want it. But also, just pray. And I'm going to, at the end, I'm going to share with you some things I want to encourage you to pray about as we journey together here. So, let's look at a practical working definition of worship here. Not just a technical one. Worship is both the goal and the result of the relationship between God and his people. Worship. Music and song, again, and sermons are tools for worship. But they're not, obviously, essential for worship. Neither do they by themselves constitute worship. You can go to a Kenny Chesney concert and you can sing and shout and raise your hand, turn the light, your, your phone lights on and all this other stuff and all that, but you're not worshiping, are you? Right? But when you worship the Lord, it's different. It's completely different. And so we can, uh, obviously, God moves and we meet Him where He is. And that meeting, when the two come together, is called worship. You connect with God. Your heart is laid bare before Him. And you connect with God and you worship the Lord. And so worship is a meeting of hearts, God's and ours. And it's only possible through a relationship with Jesus who brings our hearts together. Now, if you're trying to worship God and you aren't doing it through Jesus Christ, then you're missing God's heart. This is all about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. Amen. Jesus is Lord. He's master. He's king. One day we will stand before him. He's the ruler of the universe. He's ruler of all. God has said, he's, God said, I've given all authority to you. God the Father. It's all about Jesus. And we know that's why he came. So that we would have that relationship with him. And so if your heart is not meeting God's heart. If your heart is not responding to God. Then you may not be worshiping. So let me say something right now about this here. Obviously. Some being told you haven't worshipped. If you haven't felt God's presence. Right? Worship is not about a feeling. It's an attitude of the heart. Now, when you connect with God, there is a meeting and there's emotions that take place and there is feeling many, many times. But the feeling is not necessarily worship, okay? But when you meet God and that connection takes place is because obviously we are in this human body and 
he's, he's spirit and he comes and touches us and obviously his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And so we're changed as a result of that. And that's why prayer, spiritual reflection is important on each person's part every day. That's why I pray. I know that's why you pray. I pray for y'all. I pray for y'all every day. But I also pray prayers that I feel like are even beyond that. Not that the prayers of healing and the prayers of uh, strength and all that stuff, all that stuff's great and important, very important, and you need to pray it. But I want to share with you some things I believe that will obviously set you free. If you hunger for God in His presence. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29 that when you seek with him for Him with all of your heart, then He shall be found. He said, when you begin to seek Him, you begin to hunger for Him, God says, I won't disappoint. I will show myself to be strong and mighty. And so our world, I believe, is hungry for the presence of God. Believe that? I believe that our world has tried to fill that void in their lives with everything except for Jesus, God. I think they've tried to. They've got stuff, and I've always talked about, we've got these big houses with the garages, and the garages are full, and obviously the... Uh, uh, storage places are full. We got so much stuff, you know, and all. And, and God is saying, you're trying to fill that emptiness in your heart by things. And he's the only one who can satisfy. There's no other satisfaction that will take place without Jesus. In an article celebrating God in authentic worship, it says, Glenn Wagner said, I believe that one of the most evangelistic tools the church possesses one desperately needed in today's society is authentic worship. People want to know, first of all, if God exists. And then second, can they relate to him? And if God exists, is it really possible to connect with him in a vibrant, dynamic way? In genuine, authentic worship, observers see real people connecting powerfully with the real God. Things change. When we really worship, are you hungry for God? And do you want to connect with God? I guess is the question here today. Because God made us that way with a deep hunger to connect with Him. The Word is living and active and, and, and the Word feeds us. Yes, and we get into the Word. But we're just hungry for Him. We want to know Him. And so when we worship and praise God, and our hearts are in what we're doing, then what happens? We invoke His presence. You've heard that expression. We invite Him in. He comes in. You know, in the book of Revelation, Jesus stands at the door and knocks, and He said, if any man hears my knocking, then come and open the door, and I'll come in and sup with you and He together. We'll, eat, we'll sit down at the table with one another, is what He's saying. And so, can you hear Jesus knocking today? At your heart's door, at my heart's door, at the door of the church house, saying, I want to come in. And worship invokes His presence and brings Him in and says, I'm around a bunch of people. Why? It's because we were made to worship God. We were not made just to go through the motions. We were made to worship the King and to encounter Him. This is why we were created. His presence is manifested, felt, seen, if you will, when His children are praising and worshiping wholeheartedly, hungering for God's presence. We could say and ask God for anything, what would it be? What would you think? Money? Health, definitely. Car? New job? What will we ask God for? Tells us a lot about our walk in relationship with Him. God promises to take care of all I need. And you need to pray for them, okay? He said, give us this day our daily bread. And we need to pray for those. But is there something beyond that that goes even beyond that? Let me read a scripture to you. Y'all know Moses. Moses was God's friend. God spoke to Moses directly. And he chose Moses. Listen to what Moses says as far as his deepest desire. And then we'll come back to what is our deepest desire. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses said to the Lord, you've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name and you found favor with me. But if you're pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember 
that this nation is your people. And the Lord replied, my presence will go with you. And I will give you rest. Okay, good. Good. Thank you for getting that up there. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. And how will anyone know that you're pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you've asked because I am pleased with you and you know, by, I know you by name. And then Moses said, listen, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord in your presence. And I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. And I'll have compassion on whom I have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face. For no one may see me and live. And then the Lord said, there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. And then I will remove my hand and you will see my back. But my face must not be seen. Okay. Moses said, first of all, if you don't go with us, I don't want to go. Okay. And then he goes on to say, show me your glory. He says, how will all the people around us who are not believers really know that God is God unless they see something in our lives that's different? And he says, show me your glory. The question is today is, how will people in this community and beyond that we have a sphere of influence, how will they see our lives are different? Except God's glory rests upon your life and my life. Unless the Lord goes with me, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. Not going. And unless God comes and touches us with His glory, touches us in that manner, is why were we more just distinguished from the world? We look like the world otherwise. Right? How will they know, Moses said? Unless you go with me. Unless you show me your glory. And see, that's where we are today. The Bible has said that, that we're to come out and be separate from the world. We are obviously like those salmon going upstream against the tide. You know, they jump out. They're going against the stream. We're going against what culture is teaching us today. We're going against that stream of darkness. And we're moving towards light. His name is Jesus. Unless they see God's presence in your life, in my life, how will they know they're different? How will they know that obviously they want some of that also? They want to know what's different about your life? What's different about my life? When they see how you how you respond in Kroger to an impatient situation or to a situation where maybe they gave you back too much money. They miscounted. You go, hey, uh, this is yours. I, I, I'll give this back here. You, you, you didn't count this right. You know, the other day I was in there and I forgot what it was. He, he charged me and, and I looked at it and I said, he didn't count this right. And I said, um, this this give this back to you. Oh, yeah, a guy in, in Starbucks in, inside one of the grocery stores. And he said, uh, I forgot how much it was. Oh, oh, it was one. He thought I'd already paid. And I stood there and he said, did I, I gave you a coffee, you're okay. I said, I hadn't paid you yet. I could have walked right on out. And you know what that young man, probably he's 17 years old. He said, thank you for being honest. I thought about that. It was just a cup of coffee, $2. And I thought the influence there, how will they know that you and I are different unless they see Jesus in our lives? Unless they see the presence of the Lord, the glory of God in our lives here. Moses says, show me your ways. Show me your glory. You see, what does it tell us about Moses' heart? 
His attitude, his relationship with God. Something down deep in Moses that he was saying, I'm hungry for God. That's where we are today. You know, we sing a song, it's contemporary Christian by Francesca Bettacelli. And the words y'all heard many times, Kathy's led us in it. And it says, let us become more aware of your presence. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. And it's repeated. It's a repetitive song. A lot of contemporary Christians are repetitive. Let us experience the glory of your goodness. That's what we're talking about today. And knowing the Lord. Show me, show me, Lord, your glory. And so hungering for God is not even at the root of worship. Obviously, Moses hungered for God. Moses had a passion for God's presence. And Moses realized that nothing else in the world or life compared uh, began with it. Everything began with God. But you see, what happened was Moses had lost his appetite for the things of the world. He lost his appetite for those things. And he had an appetite for God. That's what it's about. And I'm talking about a spiritual appetite. I have a real good physical appetite. Y'all know that. Which sometimes it would translate into that spiritual appetite too. But see, that's what God wants, right? He wants us to have an appetite for him. Philippians chapter 3, listen to Paul. But whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as lost for the sake of Christ. And more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He knew where life was. It was all about Jesus. And if I'm hungering for everything else, the things of the world, material things, and we are materialistic and all, and God's blessed us, thank God, but at the same time, we can't allow those things to come in our lives and take God's place. We can't allow those things to temporarily try to satisfy that hunger down deep in your life and my life today. God can only satisfy. He's the only one can satisfy. The hunger that we have down deep in our hearts and lives has to be for him. And then the Lord said to Moses, my presence shall go with you and I'll give you rest for which God replied, if your presence doesn't go with me, don't carry us up from here. In other words, God, you don't go with us. There's no use in us going at all, right? So when we talk about coming to church, we're looking for God. You come in here seeking the Lord. I'm going to share with you in a minute about some things, get in preparation, okay? Because I believe that to dwell in and live in God's presence means that you have to be have a vibrant, living, present, tense, active relationship with God. Something down deep. So if you're here today and you don't have the joy of the Lord, go back and say, Lord, where did I lose that joy? Because that's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Because I want the joy of the Lord, don't you? I want to be able to laugh with people. I, I want to be able to, to just sit down and, and jo be jovial without having a whole weight of all this world's cares and everything on me and so forth. I want to just bless people every day. And I know you do too. So we wandered away, we come back. God wants us to come back here. You know, sometimes sin gets in the way. Something comes in and there's an idol, we know. And they're not those wooden idols like talking talked about in the Old Testament. They're idols. They're things that come in and, and we value more than our relationship with Jesus. We got an appetite more for those things than we do for Jesus and His Word and His presence. Knowing Him. And then we get all off track, don't we? And then we get down in the dumps and everything is drab and nothing, nothing makes us happy anymore. And God waits for His children to come back. Obviously, Moses had a lot. God had taken care of him. But Moses asked to see His glory. Moses had said, you don't go with us, I'm not going. I don't want to go anywhere without him, do you? I don't want to take one more step. I don't want this church to move on into things of the Spirit unless God is with us, obviously. I want God 
to have his way in our lives. But it's got to come from Jim's hunger for Jesus. It's got to come from your hunger for Jesus. We're all together. We're all family here. This has got to come from the depths of our hearts here. Now, again, omnipresence, God is always with us. He never leaves us. He never walks away from us. But I'm talking about the manifest presence, the tangible presence of the Lord, just like that day when I was 25 or when I was 35 and God touched me. It's like heaven comes down and touches. It's like surely God is in this place. There's something different here. The atmosphere and environment has changed. Something's different here. And we haven't talked about it a lot of times because the church has rejected any type of experience. Let me tell you. You know, I don't think we have to worry about that. I think we have to worry about, obviously, getting bogged down and just sort of going through the motions and just doing it because this is the way we've always done it. You remember the children of Israel when they were coming out of the, out of the bondage, out of Egypt? Remember the fire by night and the cloud by day? When the cloud moved, they got up and moved. They didn't stand still, right? And when the fire moved by night, they left. They got out, right? And see, I believe the fire is moving today in the church, folks. And I believe the cloud is moving. And the, the question is, we as a church, me as a pastor, are we going to move with the cloud and move with the fire? Are we going to stay in the same place? We're going to move with the things of the Spirit today, asking God to do what He and He alone can do. Because He's the only one that can change my heart, and He's the only one that can change your heart. That's the question. A holy hush when you're in the presence of the Lord sometimes. But sometimes it's tears. Sometimes it's joy. Sometimes it's laughter. Sometimes it's just that stillness that you know you and I, we felt at times here. He wants us to know that. God desires that we be changed. That's His desire. He changed our hearts, right? We're saved and we're headed to heaven. And this is not in any way reflective upon the fact that you lose your salvation. You're saved and you're secure. But what it means is, while we're here on this side, do you want all of God that He wants to give? Amen. And do you want all of what God wants to give to you and me? Do you want all of what God wants to give to Lighthouse Fellowship and to the whole body of Christ. You see, I don't see in any way this is a church and this is a congregation, a gathered group of people, but I want this for all the body of Christ. I don't want anybody to be left out. I don't want my family to be left out. I don't want you to be left out. I don't want this neighborhood to be left out. I don't want any of the churches that are meeting this morning to be left out. I want everybody to encounter the Lord. Amen. I want everybody to know Him. And worship him because he's looking for worshipers. Has God put that in your heart? A hunger for his presence. And here comes the good part. You say, Lord Jim, uh, something I'm just something going on here. Okay. But I want to know what you're talking about completely. Well, what you can do is ask him. Say, Lord, I'm hungry. But I don't believe I'm quite hungry as you would want me to be. So would you make me hungry? Would you make me hungry? Would you touch me, dear God, in that way? As a part of a church today, all of us pray in that prayer. I just believe God's going to work miracles. And I believe God's going to work in a supernatural way that you and I, we can never imagine changing our hearts and lives. And, and many of us, I may look and I, you know, I'm a seasoned citizen. You can call me a senior citizen if you want, because that's where I am. But I usually refer to myself as a seasoned citizen. OK, it sounds a little bit more palatable, right? OK. <laughs> and I thought the other day, I said, Lord, you know how old I am. <laughs> you created me. I thought the Lord said, yes, Jim, I know how old you are. But you know what I felt right behind that was? Jim, I got still a lot that I want to do in your life. I'm not finished yet. And you may think somehow, maybe you're on the downturn, okay? Uh-uh, God said, no. I don't see it like that. I got plenty I want to do in your life, Jim. And maybe... You could say the same thing here. I can say it about you anyway. Amen. 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 And so what we do about this, what we want to do, we want to go out of this place with, in a 
in a blaze. I mean, just on fire for Jesus, right? When that time comes. So you can ask him, Lord, I'm, I'm hungry and something's stirring. Something's changing in my life. I'm beginning to see you and you're beginning to reveal yourself to me in my heart. But man, I want to be hungrier, right? I've talked about marble slab. I can eat. I mean, I could eat every one of those bins of ice cream. If I start, right? So you've tasted and you've seen that God is good. And you're saying, I want to keep on tasting. I want more and I want more and I want more. This is that hunger down deep in our hearts. So it sounds like it's a contradiction, but it's not. That's who God is because he said, yeah, I fill you up, but I got so much more to give you, right? That's what he wants. And I'm not saying how to look in your life, my life. I don't say that, but I want to tell you one thing. When it happens in your life, my life, you'll know it's God. It's God, right? God moves like he, he wants to. He's sovereign, obviously. But what, what does this mean in our lives today? What it means is what we're doing is we get in a position to receive what God has for us. We're getting in a position. Don't you believe that? Okay. We're positioning ourselves, saying, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready to encounter you. I'm ready for your manifest presence. I'm ready to see the glory of God. You can ask him. Moses asked him. It's biblical. Show me your glory, Lord. I say, Lord, open the eyes, my eyes that I may see. Open my ears that I may hear. Open my mind that I may understand. And open my heart that I may obey. I want to see your glory, Lord. I want to see you move. Because again, going back when I first started, I want everybody saved and I want everybody to know Jesus Christ. Amen. And I know that's the desire of your heart. But what will distinguish the church of the living God from the community today? It will be the manifest presence of God Almighty. It will be the presence of the glory of God in your life and my life. That's what's going to distinguish it. Because if not, we just look like everybody else, right? When you walk into Ace Hardware, and you walk into Kroger, or Randall, or what, not Randall's now, these are beautiful, by the way. They're awesome. They're beautiful, aren't they? Yeah, Phyllis always gets them at Randall's. When you walk in there, when God's glory is shining on your life, you may have people come up to you and say, what, what's, what's going on with you? There's a radiance about you. There's a difference about you. There's something going on in your life. What's, what's going on? Can you tell? And then you say, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. Because when you walk in there in Kroger or Randall's, wherever, or Ace Hardware, it's going to be because you go in there and your spiritual antennas are up and you're looking for people to share the love of Jesus with. And you'll realize, yeah, I came in there for a bag of nails. But something else happened when you were in there that's much more important than a bag of nails. And that is sharing the love of Jesus for people who don't have any hope. Who are wandering in darkness and you and I had the answer. But the presence of God in your life and my life. Ask for it. Ask Him. Watch what happens. Amen? Amen. We're going to go through this and I'm going to share with you because I want to know what the glory of God is. I want you to know about it. I told you I want to share everything going on with me. I share. I pray it spills all over every one of you that you get wet with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And as you get changed, not because of me, but because of His power working in your life and His power working in this church. Hallelujah. It's all about Him. It's all about the King. He is worthy. Worthy of our praise. And worthy of our adoration. Hallelujah. Does this make sense? Anybody get this? Everybody get it? Amen. I hope I, I want to... Sometimes Cindy said, Jim, that, she said, honey, you just... You, you talk so deep. You talk, your things are deep and all this stuff. I don't want to get too deep here, but I, <laughs> I, want, I want you to know. I want you to be excited about the things of God. 
I want you to be excited about your relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't want you to go through the motions. I don't want it to be just a humdrum life for you. See, our life, Jesus said, I came that you give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Hallelujah. That's what he's doing. Giving his life and giving it to us more abundantly. Ask him two things. This next week, this is your homework. <laughs> Say, Lord, I ain't going if your presence doesn't go with me. I want to know your presence. Your manifest presence. Your presence in my life. And I want you to show me your glory. I will not stop praying until I see your glory. And watch what God does in your life. And then also in this body. That we call Lighthouse Fellowship. But I want everybody. I don't want anybody held back. I want obviously here over here. Clear Creek. I want City Mark. I want everybody to know Jesus. Amen. It's not about me. This is not my kingdom. This is God. We're building the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. This is just one little segment here of calling that we all have on our lives as we gather under the banner of Jesus, but under Lighthouse Fellowship. It's about Him. It's about the Jesus, about the King Jesus. Amen. All right. Everybody got it? Say, shake your head yes. Even if you don't, shake your head yes. I feel better when you shake your head yes, right? If you say no, I'll go, oh gosh, we got to go back over it again. And we're going to be here a while. <laughs> Jesus. Love you guys. Praise you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, your truth. And thank you for your presence, oh God. Oh God, thank you. Thank you for every person you brought here today. Thank you, Lord, fill us with your spirit. We pray the one passion of our heart is just to walk in your presence each and every day. Show us your glory. Lord, we ask you to do a mighty work here in what you're doing. And not that you just started it because you've always worked in our hearts. But dear God, we're continuing on in this journey called life. And dear Lord, today we want to celebrate you every day. I pray people today who've lost the joy of the Lord that be restored, whatever it is. If it's short-circuited because of anything in their life, we just get rid of it. Renounce it and repent. And run into the arms of Jesus, Father. Just pray today anybody here not saved that today would be the day. Don't go out without accepting, believing Jesus. Anybody here today just says, I just want to know you, Jesus. Just ask Him. I'll pray with you if you need prayer. Call me and we'll pray. Whatever you need. We want you to grow. We want you to experience, encounter the Lord and true worship. May Jesus be praised. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your attention today. God bless. I'm excited about that. Good to see all of you here with us. Y'all, you guys are great. Uh, I am so glad God brought you in here to bless my life and everybody here. And I pray God will bless you this week. All right. Any others? Then we'll, we'll be uh, pray for the food. Ask for the blessing. Nancy's been over there and she's worked her uh, her hands right down to the nub. So pray for her. And also Lynette, she's worked her hands down to the nub. Fixing it. These ladies fix some good chow. Now, here's the thing. Don't leave here. You've got to eat because we have plenty. We want you to eat. I love fellowship. And, and I, the most important, we're eating together. I love that type of fellowship. Come over and join us. We want you to be a part of it. Father, we ask you to bless the food, bless the hands that have prepared it our fellowship time together. We ask you to just dwell with us, move in our midst, dear Lord. This is not the end of the worship. It's just beginning, oh God. So go with us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.